my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are all living through right now, whether you whether you realize it or not, <laughs> whether you realize it or not, it's happening and we're witnessing it. And a lot of people are getting ridiculously wealthy, building wealth that could last multiple generations. I am. The question is, are you? I want you to be, which is why I'm doing this show, which is why you should be tuning in each and every week so you can have the information that you need to have the right perspective, to have the long-term perspective. Now, I'm not a gambler. Um, I'm not a trader. I don't think that uh, the average person should be gambling away their hard in in income. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing in the marketplace today. Um, about a month ago, we saw options trading surpass stock trading for the first time in history. What does that mean? That means that we're in a gambler culture right now. We're in a gambler economy. Um, options trading is gambling on the future price of an asset 
versus stock investing is like buying equity of a company, right? So like Warren Buffett bought Coca-Cola 65 years ago because it was a great company and it continues to pay lots of cash flow for him. That's an asset. It's an investment. Um, options trading is only gambling on which way the price is going to be. And the problem with options trading and gambling, crypto trading, you know, meme stocks, whatever it is, is that it's not providing any value to the world. Now, we're supposed to get money for the value that we provide. If you want to make more money, you have to provide more value. That's the way it works. Um, I should get paid for, for, for solving somebody else's problem or need. Right? That's how it works. When I got my investing career started, uh, I was 18. I bought a, a, my first house. It was a bank-owned repo. And at the time, um, well, still today, but uh, at, the, at, at the time, the banks owned all these, these houses out there. It was all these repossessed houses. And a lot of times, these repossessed houses got thrashed. Like the people would throw, you know, tear them up, tear out the kitchen, tear out the floors, et cetera. And um, the banks couldn't sell these to regular retail um, people because banks won't make loans on houses that don't have kitchens or don't have floors in them. And so they needed somebody like me, an investor, to come in, buy the house, and then fix it up, make it look brand new again, and then it could be sold. So I was buying it, I was providing value, and then I was making money. So I was making money for the value I was providing. But when you're trading stocks, or you're trading cryptocurrencies, or you're trading options, you're not providing value to anything. All you're doing is trading one asset for another, trading, 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 trading. Um, and so there's, there's, there's no value that's being provided by that. But that's just a, a sign of the times that we're in. I think for the average person, for, for, for every story that you hear about somebody hitting it big and they bought Shibu Inu, Inu and made 5,000%, um, there's another million people that bought a bunch of other coins that didn't, or they bought Shibu at the top and lost all their money. And so um, there's also stories of people winning the lottery every day, <laughs> but you don't rush out and buy all, the, all your lottery tickets either. Now, if you want to buy a couple lottery tickets, you know, more power to you, do that. You want to go to Vegas and gamble a little bit? Sure, go have some fun, right? You want to go gamble on Shibu Inu? Go ahead and do that as well. But just know what you're doing, right? You wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to go buy, you wouldn't take all the money you have and buy lottery tickets with it, uh, nor would you take all your money and go to Vegas. Well, hopefully you wouldn't. Uh, and, and you definitely shouldn't take all your money and go, go buy these you know, risky crypto assets or, or options trading either. And so really the best way is to buy trophy assets, um, scarce assets that are going to continue to go up in value. And you hold on to those. Um, you know, the stock market's averaged about a six to eight percent return, depending on if you look at it. You know, what time period you look at it—sixty years, eighty years, etc. Um, and Bitcoin has been averaging a two hundred percent compounded annual growth rate, which is way better. Two hundred is way better than six. But for some reason, in today's gambler economy, two hundred percent isn't that good anymore. I guess. And now people need to make—I need to make two hundred percent, two hundred times all my money in, in thirty days, or it's no good. And unfortunately, that's just a re recipe for disaster. Um, but I want to give you the information that you need that you can continue to hold. I mean, I've been telling people to buy Bitcoin since it was 300 bucks, uh, when it was 3000 bucks, when it was 30,000 bucks. And, uh, every time it drops, people are like, Oh, Mark, you told me to hold this thing. And now it lost value. I'm, I'm mad. And it's like, Oh, you're mad. It dropped all the way to 2000, right. Or whatever. But now it's 56,000. So that's what this information is for. That's why it's, that's, it's powerful. It's important. I do also like to say a lot of times that the price is a distraction. Right. And so we know that the, it's going to continue going up, but the short term price is a distraction. Zoomed out, you can see the price always goes up, but short term, it's a distraction. What we want to look at is we want to look at the growth of the network. We want to look at the development going on the network. And as long as we pay attention to that, as long as those things are continuing to go up, then the price will take care of itself. And 
we every day we're seeing new developments happening that are telling us that those two numbers are going up massive. Now, something big happened yesterday, and it's it's actually really big because it actually coincides with something else that was really big um, back in 2017. So back in 2017, that was the a crazy cryptocurrency bull run. From the beginning of 2017, I think Bitcoin was like $1,000. And by the end of 2017, it ended up at $20,000. So that was a 20x in 12 months, which was insane. Ethereum did even better. Ethereum did uh, even more than that. And, and lots of smaller cryptocurrencies. I had one cryptocurrency that went up 100,000% in that time frame, which is enough to turn 500 bucks into 500,000. It was insane. But things were going hot and heavy. The market was going up. Um, as, you know, these crypto assets were going sky high. Uh, it was sucking in all kinds of speculators. And, and the more it goes up, the more money it starts sucking in because humans were just motivated by two things. We're motivated by um, rushing to pleasure and running from pain. And so when everybody's making money and I'm not, I want that pleasure. So I'm rushing in. And so the more it goes up, the more people it sucks in, which then means the more it goes up, which means the more people it sucks in. It's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy. And so it continues going up. Now, right at the top, at the end, at this December of 2017, when the cryptocurrency markets were going hot and heavy and everything was going on, there was a coordinated attack, a coordinated attack that shut down the cryptocurrency industry. And I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know that Bitcoin went dropped from you know 19,000 down to like 3,000 and Ethereum dropped and the entire cryptocurrency market crashed in 2017. A lot of you may not know that it was actually somewhat of a coordinated attack. And one of the big attack vectors was that markets stop going up, prices stop going up when there's no more buyers. Markets also stop going down when there's no more sellers, but markets stop going up when there's no more buyers. So as I'm saying, right, as the prices are going up, it's sucking more people in, it's sucking more people in, it's sucking more people in. But how do those people hear about it to get sucked in in the first place, <laughs> right? Well, uh, it's probably not a big surprise that the majority of people are on social media these days, Facebook, Google, uh, et cetera, YouTube, et cetera, right? And so... Um, Everyone's talking about it on social media, like, like everything else. And in, in, in December of 2017, Facebook and Google banned all crypto advertising. You couldn't advertise it at all. Well, remember, markets stop going up when there's no more buyers. And if no one can advertise, <laughs> how is there going to be any awareness? And if there's no awareness, there's no new buyers coming in. And that was one piece of it. The other piece of it was that... Um, uh, a lot of the banks banned cryptocurrency um, activity, so you couldn't transfer money from your bank account to your crypto um, account or or use credit cards to buy it. That was another another big piece. A lot of people think it was because the futures were launched in in, in um, December of 2017. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think it was more of this coordinated attack. They took away the new buyers, and so um, since since uh, basically December of 2017, you haven't been able to ban or you haven't been able to advertise any type of cryptocurrency. And without that, you don't have the buyers. But something big changed this week that changes all of that. You might be guessing what it is, but I'm not going to give it away. I want to tell you uh, what that big piece of news was. But more importantly, I want to give you the context of what 
it said and what I think happens from that. Because a lot of times you read the headline um, and it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But maybe you don't really understand the impact of what this means. So I want to tell you what that is. I want to give you the context of what that is. And then we're going to talk about um, the other big lever that we need to be looking at. And there was something else that really, really, really was big this week um, in, on the other lever that we should be watching, the development so I want to talk about that as well. Um, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're, we're talking about Bitcoin. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the largest asymmetric opportunity that you will ever witness in your lifetime. And if you get the right information, you can participate in it. So, you know, don't go away. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. You are back with me, Mark Moss. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We are talking about the decentralized revolution that we're witnessing. And we're talking about um, lots of things. Each and every week, we're talking about lots of things. So don't miss out. Uh, if you're not driving, pull out your phone, put a calendar reminder for this channel, this station, this time, and make sure you tune in with me each and every week. It's going to be the most important part of your week. I can pretty much guarantee that for you, at least over a long period of time, it will be. So um, before the break, we were talking about how the price is a, is a distraction. I say that all the time. Um, what we want to do is focus on the growth of the network, and we want to focus on the development on the network. And as long as those two things are happening, the price will continue to take care of itself. I was talking about how in 2017, we you know was the last really, really crazy uh, parabolic, we call it, uh, bull run in, in the cryptocurrency markets. And... Um, Bitcoin went from 1,000 to 20,000 and Ethereum and all the other ones, you know, went up even higher. And, um, but then in 2017, in December of 2017, it was like a coordinated attack and uh, Facebook and Google shut down. They banned all advertising and uh, markets stopped going up and there's no more buyers. And so if you can't advertise, uh, you can't, you don't, you don't get a lot of new buyers coming into the market. It's pretty simple. Well, this week we saw... Uh, we saw that Facebook retreats from the crypto ad ban. Facebook on Wednesday announced its decision to reverse longstanding policy that prevented cryptocurrency companies from running ads on its services. The move comes after the company tried and failed to launch a cryptocurrency that was intended to send money easily across the world via the company's services. And the company's new policy is huge for the crypto industry and will allow more keyword, will allow more retail investors to access cryptocurrencies than ever before. Hmm. So if markets stop going up when there's new, no more buyers, they banned advertising, no more buyers came in, the market crashed. Now the market's going back up and they are about to open the floodgates. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen to what they said. The, the company's new policy is huge for the crypto industry and will allow more retail investors to access cryptocurrencies than ever before. <clears throat> so with more buyers coming in, let, let me ask you a question. Um, based off of this that I just read you, we're, we're going to dig into it a little bit more. But based off this, do you think there will be more people owning cryptocurrency in the near future or less? Yeah, I'm guessing more, right? And if more people try to buy a fixed limited amount of goods, what do you think happens? <laughs> if you guess the price goes up, then you would be guessing right. That's exactly what happens. And so um, let me read that to you again one more time. The company's new policy is huge for the crypto industry and will allow more <laughs> retail investors to access cryptocurrency. So more. 
They think it's going to be more. I think it's going to be more. I think more people trying to cram into a limited amount of scarce goods is going to continue pushing the prices up. It says that Facebook announced its decision to reverse longstanding policy. Um, and what's interesting is it, it comes after the company, which, of course, by the way, Facebook is now called Meta. Um, it comes after they tried and failed to launch their own cryptocurrency. So a lot of people, you know, speculated, including myself back in 2017, like, was this part of like some coordinated government kind of attack where like, hey, let's ban advertising, let's ban banking access, all those things at the same time? Or was it really a competition thing where um, they were trying to launch their own cryptocurrency and they didn't want anyone advertising other ones because they were trying to slow those down so that they could launch their own? Would that make sense, right? Like, why would I allow someone else to advertise their product on my platform that's going to compete with my product? Like, I wouldn't want that, right? Neither would you. And so that, that was also speculation. And it seems... Uh, Maybe that's the case because this this move comes after the company tried and failed to launch cryptocurrency. So um, they've kind of given up. Um, the person that was leading the charge of that, his name was David Marcus. He announced um, this week that he was going to leave the company at the end of the year. And so he's leaving. <clears throat> they gave up. And what the heck? Let's just open up at, at crypto, cryptocurrency advertising. And then um, let's open up the floodgates. In their own words, it's going to bring more, more retail people into the space. I think that is going to be massive. I think it'll be very, very, very massive. Um, so anyway, that's big news. Now, remember, what are the two things that we're looking at? Not the price. We're looking at the number of users, the growth of the network, and the development of the network. So this is going to increase the users. It will increase the growth of the network. So that's, that's a big piece of it. Um, the other big piece of it, though, is not just the growth of the network, but it's the development on the network. So we want to see development on the network, meaning, um, you know, new technologies, um, new applications, but also we want to see like mindshare development. So what do I mean by that? I mean, like attracting the best, attracting the brightest people in the world over. So, for example... I mean, we've seen some of the the brightest people in the world going to work in the in in the in the Bitcoin space. Um, rumors are that David that that David Marcus here uh, potentially is leaving Facebook to also go work at maybe a new Bitcoin or cryptocurrency company. We'll see what happens with that. But we want to continue to see these bright people quitting and leaving and coming to work on this. And so, you know, I get across my social media, I get thousands of uh, comments every week probably over 5,000 comments a week. And I get lots of comments that are like, come on, Mark, cryptocurrencies are stupid. They're dumb. They're not backed by anything. It's a Ponzi. Uh, it's going to be made illegal. I mean, you name it. I I've heard it all. I've heard it all thousands of times. And uh, one of my um, responses that I've been kind of giving, going back to uh, lately is like, okay, uh, are you smarter than all these people? Because like, let me, let, me, let, me, let me fill you in on that before we get to that question, before we get to that answer. So, We've seen some of the smartest, some of the brightest people in the world, some of the biggest investors in the world. Some people are like, yeah, but Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger aren't into it. I'm like, yeah, but they're also 95 and like, so what, right? Like they're two people. But some of the biggest and brightest um, investors in the world are into it, like Stanley Druckenmiller or Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio was actually against it and now he's come around to it. He's realized it's actually something big and, and important. Stanley Dr Druckenmiller, Ray Dalio, Paul Tudor Jones, I mean, these are some of the, these are legends in the Wall Street investing world, and they've all come on to it. 
We had Ray Dalio's company, Bridgewater Capital, which is the largest um, hedge fund in the world. The CFO left to go work for a Bitcoin company. So when you have the CFO of the biggest hedge fund in the world leaving Wall Street to go work at a Bitcoin company, what does that tell you? It tells me that it's growing at a, such a rapid rate that it's sucking in the mind share. You have, as, I, as I've talked many times before, the, the CEO of MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor, one of the, one of the smartest and, and very rich guy. Um, they put all their money into Bitcoin. Um, he's raised billions of dollars going to Bitcoin. You have El Salvador using Bitcoin. So when you see all that happening and, and you have your doubts, I get it, right? Are you smarter than all of them? <laughs> You're smarter than the smartest guys on Wall Street. You're smarter than the smartest guys in the business space. You're smarter than nations and governments. I'm not that, I'm not that smart. And I'm, I've been saying this for a long time. Maybe I'm just more humble. Maybe you should be more humble too. But there's even bigger news that happened this week. And this just kind of, uh, I don't want to say put the nail in the coffin, but it's definitely another nail in the coffin um, that really emphasizes the point. Big, big, big news that not only is big news, but also it's going to be a massive catalyst. I want to tell you about that. Um, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, if you're just tuning in and you haven't realized we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about cryptocurrencies, we're talking about the decentralized revolution that we're witnessing right now the biggest opportunity you'll ever have in your lifetime. Don't go away. <laughs> I'll be right back. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. 
You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women. And this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show and we're talking about Bitcoin and we're talking about cryptocurrencies and we are talking about the decentralized revolution. It's big. When I say decentralized revolution, I'm talking about a revolution. I'm talking about a revolution that is going to change the way the world works. That's what a technological revolution does. It's not a new technology that incrementally improves our way of life. No, 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 no. Instead, it changes the way that the world works. Now, we're talking about um, we're talking about news in, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, and we're talking about how uh, you know, ignore the short-term price and rather you look at the growth of the network and you and you look at the development on the network. I talk about this on a weekly basis and I'm trying to keep you up to date on what those developments are because as long as those developments are still in play, as long as we're still growing the network and as long as we're still growing the development, then don't worry about the price. Just know that things are going to be okay over the long run. Now, if things suddenly turn for the worse and uh, the development dies and the network starts to die, well, then that's another story. And so we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But before the break, I was talking about how there was like this coordinated attack back in 2017 at the very height when cryptocurrencies were running hotter than ever. You know, Bitcoin had gone from 1000 to $20,000 and cryptocurrencies and like Ethereum had gone even up more. And right at the end of December 2017, uh, there was this coordinated attack where Facebook and Google shut down all advertising and markets stopped going up when there's no more buyers. And if you can't advertise, you don't get any more buyers. Also, the banks had a coordinated attack where you couldn't get money into the cryptocurrency exchanges. And so if people, again, couldn't buy, the price stopped going up. Well, um, big news this week was that Facebook reversed that ban, and they're going to now allow companies to start advertising again. And uh, remember, markets stop going down when there's no more buyers. This is about to bring a ton of new buyers into the space. So that's good. The network is going to not just continue to grow, but probably about to skyrocket. I mean, it's probably about to just launch off. But we also want to look at the development going on. I was talking about the mind share. I was talking about the, the types of people that are leaving the best jobs, the best companies in the world, 
and that are now coming to work in the Bitcoin um, space. And so one of the big, 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 big news stories this week that really shook up the entire you know, kind of tech world is that one of the, uh, I don't want to say uh, most loved, but I don't know, one of the big names in, in, in the social media world, we'll say, uh, is Jack Dorsey. He's the founder of Twitter, CEO, CEO of Twitter. And um, he decided to step down. He's decided that he is no longer going to be part of Twitter. And he wants to focus all his time on the payments company, Square, which is also his company. Square is a massive, massive company. And he wants to leave. He, so he stepped down from Twitter, and now he's going to go work full time at Square. But more than that, um, Square is going to change its corporate name to Block, Block Inc., the company said in a statement Wednesday that Square Crypto, which is they had another division called Square Crypto, so they had Square and they had Square Crypto, and Square Crypto is also changing its name to be called Spiral. And Square Crypto, previously known as Square Crypto, now called Spiral, is a subsidiary company of previously Square, now Block, um, a subsidy of that, and it's focused on funding Bitcoin development. That's that's its entire goal. All it does is fund Bitcoin development. Now, remember, what are the two things we're supposed to be watching out for? Growth of the network, which we talked about with Facebook advertising, and development on the network. So one of the best tech CEOs in the space left his job to go work on this full time. Let me read that again. Focused on funding Bitcoin what? Bitcoin development. Yes. So, again, that's what we want to watch. So if we are continuing to grow the network with Facebook advertising and we're continuing to have development on the network, the price will continue to take care of itself. Now, they say the, new, the name alludes to Spiral's focus, which of course is Bitcoin. As it continues to grow like a spiral from a single point, <clears throat> encompassing more and more space until it touches everything. That's what Square tweeted out. And um, they want they wanted to tweet the reason why they wanted to change the name and this is a key piece and uh, a lot of you guys might not love me after this but I'm gonna tell you anyway <laughs> I'm gonna read it directly from them it says uh, once Square decided to rebrand I'm reading the quote here from their website we knew it was time for our own long overdue rebrand this is Spiral's website after all Square Crypto was never the best name for our team. Having Square tied to its name drew a direct line between the corporate <clears throat> benefactor, which was Square, that was supposed to be independent. On the other hand, having crypto in its name led to confusion, as the company is focused solely on Bitcoin. Solely on Bitcoin. That's an important distinction. Not crypto. They, they had the name crypto, but they wanted to change it from Square Crypto to Spiral, to be separate from Square, but also because the company is focused solely on Bitcoin. So we have one of the you know best tech CEOs in the space that's created Twitter, an app that I use all the time, which by the way, if you're not following me on Twitter, then you should. Um, you can find me at the number one Mark Moss. That's just the, the number one, at one Mark Moss. Send me a message. Let me know you heard from me here, which I've gotten many of you guys tweeting at me, so I appreciate that. Love to hear that you're listening to the show. Make sure to ask me questions. Always trying to answer them here for you. But I use I use Twitter all the time. It's a great app. And um, it's actually, it's an amazing app. Uh, I'm not going to get into that rabbit hole right now. But 
he's left to go work not just in the crypto space, in the Bitcoin space. So I'm talking about Mindshare. I'm talking about the brightest people in the world. It's sucking it in just like gravity. And, uh, you know, I've often said that I'm bullish on what happens when millions of entrepreneurs' backs are against the wall. When you have people like Jack Dorsey coming to build on Bitcoin, you better watch out. It is going to take off. We're about to see things change really, really fast. And of course, not just not just Jack Dorsey. The whole point is to um, fund Bitcoin development. So what they're doing is um, what they're what 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 he's building now is um, he says I'll, I'll read it here again. So it says uh, in the statement, "Block is a is a new name, but our purpose of economic empowerment remains the same. No matter how we grow or change, we will continue to build tools to help increase access to the economy." So that's the key piece there, right? We will continue to build tools to help increase access. So what are we trying to do, right? We want to grow the network. And we do that. If they build tools that increase access, then more people can come in and more people can develop on it. And those are the two things we have to be paying attention to. Hopefully you're following along here at this point. Um, so that's really big news. Um, Square is expected to, to change their name legally to Block Inc. on December 10th, but the company's ticker symbol SQ is not going to change. It's going to stay the same. And... Um, it says that uh, Spiral is dedicated to building and funding open source projects aimed at making Bitcoin the planet's preferred currency. All right. Think about that. Let me read that again. Spiral is dedicated to building and funding open source projects aimed at making Bitcoin um, the planet's preferred currency. So more people, <laughs> more network growth and more development um, is going to be happening it's also, like I was saying before, you know, I mean, I get thousands of comments and I'm sure I'm, I got people listening now um, saying, ah, come on, Mark, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, it's going to be banned. It's, it's, it's a Ponzi. It's worth nothing. There's nothing backing it. It uses too much energy or whatever, whatever excuse you want to throw at it. And I would just ask you to just check yourself with a little bit of humility. Like, really, like, just have a little bit of humility. Check yourself. Like, are you smarter than Jack Dorsey? Are you smarter than Michael Saylor? Are you smarter than the president of El Salvador? Are you smarter than Paul Tudor Jones or Stanley Druckenmiller? I'm certainly not. I believe that success leaves clues. I believe that you follow other successful people and you do similar things that they're doing and you have similar results. And when I see um, CEOs like Jack Dorsey stepping down from the CEO role of Twitter to go work full-time in Bitcoin and to go work full-time in making a Bitcoin better product and more accessible to more people, then I am extremely bullish on that. What about you? By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we're talking about Bitcoin. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about uh, cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, um, which are the most important things in the world to be working on right now, in my opinion, and of course, in Jack Dorsey's opinion as well. I want to talk about some other big stuff that's been going on with the government that you don't want to miss, so don't go away. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin, of course. Each and every week, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, the decentralized revolution. We're talking about something massive. We're talking about something that is going to change the world, going to reshape the world. Now, um, you know, we're we've been talking about the price, you know, being kind of a short-term distraction. And that as long as the network's growing, as long as development continues to happen, that we know it's going to continue to grow. You know, 
This is something that's super powerful, super important. I mean, it's going to make the world a better place and not just a better place, an amazing place. I believe that as, as bad or as bad as things look, as dangerous, as dark as things seem to be right now today, there is so much hope and prosperity in front of us. Um, and it's all because we're going to fix the money. We're going to fix the world. Um, and that's a topic that we can dig into on another show. Um, and, uh, a lot of you listening, hopefully that, that resonates with you. I know there's probably people listening right now that are going, Hey Mark, how come you're not telling me what, um, NFT to go buy? Right. What about NFTs? Uh, what's the next hot, um, dog coin I can buy or whatever. Right. And, um, you know, I might as well tell you what sports game, what, what NFL game to bet on this weekend, right? Or what lottery numbers you should go play. I mean, that's, that's basically what that is. And, you know, while there's obviously a lot of money to be made there and, and um, you know, a lot of people are having some fun with it and it's cool tech and, and, and there, there's going to be some things there. I'm, I'm not putting that down at all. As a matter of fact, I'm in, I'm, I'm actually recording from Miami right now. And um, in Miami, there's Art Week. And part of Art Week was also there's NFT things going on. And I went down and hung out with some people down there and talking to a bunch of people and they're like, Oh yeah, NFT, this NFT, that, and it's cool. You know, like they're talking about, Oh, we can do NFT, uh, real estate, NFTs on real estate. I'm like, okay, explain that to me. How's that work? Well, we, we take that, we take, you know, take a property and then we turn it into tokens and, and they're, they're each NFTs and people can buy those. I'm like, okay. So like, but like I can own an apartment building in a, in a LLC or, or a corporation. And then I could create a bunch of shares and sell the shares too. Right. Yeah. But this is a, it's like a share with NFT. I'm like, but it's the same thing, right? Yes, same thing. So you can call it an NFT, you can call it a share, you can call it a stock, you can call it a token, you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't change things, right? It's not it's not changing things. And and it's not they're not even technical NFTs because if I create a if I take an apartment building and divide it into tokens and sell 100 tokens or 100,000 tokens or a million tokens, all of those tokens are actually fungible. That means each token is exchangeable for one other token. They're not even NFTs. Um, so there's a lot of buzzwords you need to be careful of. Um, and hey, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for, I'm all about freedom, about freedom of choice, freedom of expression. And, um, you know, if you want to go gamble or do whatever, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, you want to buy art and collectibles, great, you know, go buy art and collectibles. I have nothing against that. It's just not going to change the world. It's just, it's just not going to change the world. That's, that's the thing. And, um, you know, <laughs> I want to change the world. We're, we're literally witnessing a technology that is going to improve the world by so many measures that we can't even barely comprehend. And so while it's cool, while, you know, you could, instead of owning, you know, a share of Tesla stock in your E-Trade account, now your share of Tesla stock still in E-Trade, but now it's on a blockchain. I mean, it doesn't change that you still own Tesla stock, does it? Uh, it's not life-changing, right? Talking about changing the world, man, and that and that's and that's why we're not. You won't hear me telling you what you know, ape to go buy NFT or whatever. So we're talking about Bitcoin. You know, we'll talk about the cryptocurrency markets. Um, and uh, you know, Bitcoin's been going up a two hundred percent compounded annual growth rate per year. I think it can continue doing that for quite a while. Um, some of the some of the brightest people in the in the world think it can continue doing that for a decade. Um, I think it's got an easy 10x in front of it in the next five years. And shoot, if I could 10x my money in five years, I'll take that all day of the week. Problem is, in today's world, that's not enough for some people, but hopefully for you, it is. Because not only can you, not only do you have a potentially 10x opportunity in front of you, we can also make the world a better place. But we're gonna have to fight for it. We're gonna have to fight for it. The leaders 
I'm not going to call them elites. I don't like that word anymore. They're not elites. I wouldn't hire any of those people to run any of my companies. They're not elite. They're not elite at anything. They're leaders. They're they're kind of they're kind of setting policy. They're not going to want to allow change to happen. As a matter of fact, uh, they've been coming out against it heavily. We saw, you know, Christine Lagarde, formerly of the IMF, now she works at the ECB, the European Central Bank. She said that innovation is a threat to our financial stability. No, 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 no. Uh, innovation is a threat to their financial monopoly. <laughs> it's not a threat to the financial stability. It's a threat to their stranglehold. We saw this week uh, Hillary Clinton came out saying Bitcoin um, undermines the financial system. Um, we saw the IMF, I'm sorry, uh, the, the, uh, the Bank of England came out and said, uh, uh, warned, warned uh, El Salvador, hey, this, this, this could destabilize the financial system. And so, um, you know, what I would say to that is that um, you have this entire financial system that's uh, protected by the largest military in the world and the largest uh, bureaucratic system in the world and the largest financial system in the world and Wall Street and the dollar reserve system and the euro system and all of that. And they're worried about an open source piece of code <laughs> undermining that. All the might of the power of the mightiest uh, army and uh, military in the history of the world with all the people and all that and an uh, open source piece of code. So I would just keep that in perspective and be prepared for, um, you know, a lot of this, um, I, I don't, uh, I don't want to use the word disinformation, but it is, it's disinformation, um, that that's coming out. So this week there's an article I'm just kind of looking at here and it's Bitcoin mining is growing dirtier than coal. Bit, here comes the Bitcoin FUD. Watch out. It's going to boil the oceans. It's going to, it's going to ruin the air. It's going to ruin the environment and blah, 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 blah. And, and the one thing I would just say to this is it's, it's, it's an easy answer. And so I want to just address this piece because uh, this is one of the biggest attack vectors that I think Bitcoin faces uh, because everything is going to become a climate emergency at this point. And so Bitcoin, the single biggest expense is buying electricity. I have to mine, right? They're saying it uses too much electricity. I have to buy electricity. And that's my biggest expense. And so to make more profit, I have to get my electricity costs down. Most of Bitcoin is mining on electricity that costs about five cents or less. Now, in California, in the summer, you're paying about 40 cents per kilowatt hour. Um, for mining on Bitcoin, you need to be about five cents or less. Now, in some places, it's, it's two and a half cents or three cents. Now, how the heck do you get three cent power when it's 40 cents in California? Well, it's easy. The reason why you get three cent power is because it's power that nobody's using. It's power that's being wasted. It's power that would be completely wasted if it wasn't being used. That's why it's so cheap. It's not cheap in California because there's too much demand for it. But in some places, they built a new um, energy source, a new uh, hydroelectric dam or something, and, there, and there's nobody using the power. And so, hey, we'll give it away for practically free if you'll just come take it, right? And so Bitcoin is, you pick up the miners, you move them anywhere you want in the world, and you go to where the power is the cheapest, and where the power is the cheapest is where the power is wasted. So there's a huge, huge, huge amount of power, energy, that's being wasted every single year um, because of, you know, projects that were built. There's just not, not enough demand there, you know, for whatever reason, the town never grew um, or whatever, right? And so there's just all this excess demand this, or, or supply. And so Bitcoin just moves there and, and uses that up. So is it using a lot of energy? Yes, but it's not, use, it's not stealing energy from people that need it, like in California. It's only using energy that's being completely wasted, and was already going to be wasted even if Bitcoin didn't go there and use it. 
Um, and so just keep that in mind. We can, we, there's, there's a lot of ways that actually Bitcoin will even improve the energy system and actually could drive the cost of energy down for everybody and even make renewable energy work. Renewable energy is a disaster on its own because it's intermittent, it's unreliable. But there's ways that we could use Bitcoin to even make it more reliable. And so just keep that in mind whenever you hear this FUD, uh, fear, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, um, that um, it doesn't waste energy. As a matter of fact, it only uses wasted energy. It's a different way to look at it. In, uh, in Texas, they're using flared-off natural gas, which is typically just either burned into the atmosphere or vented in the atmosphere, which is probably not very good, and now they're capturing it and using it. So it's actually a net good and not bad. So that's, a, that's some good information. I just saw this article came out this week, and it's a constant attack vector. I wanted to fill you in on that. And, and I just want to keep giving you the information each and every week so you can profit from the Bitcoin revolution that's here. Of course, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the Bitcoin revolution. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, bringing you the most up-to-date information you need each and every week. That's the most profitable part of your week. Thanks for listening. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.